and welcome to the BSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy podcast. It must be Thursday, Thursday, the 9th of 8th of July. Must be the 8th of July because we beat Denmark yesterday on the 7th, didn't we, Phil? Yes, we did. It was excellent. Everyone's now very excited for the final against Italy on Sunday night. And obviously we were hoping that England will win, put us all in a good mood. Um, Anyway, there we go. Look, we've got a lot, quite a lot to talk about today, Phil. Um, so uh, let's get cracking. Uh, why don't we start? Actually, uh, you produced a, a piece of research this week uh, called Picks and Shovels. Uh, and the whole concept being that in the Californian gold rush, actually the gold miners didn't make much money. It was the people who produced the picks and shovels or people like Levi Strauss. And we're doing exactly the same sort of research and saying, well, who actually are going to be the winners of the transitional energy revolution? that aren't for one of them, the gold miners uh, and are on massive multiples at the moment. But who are the people behind that supporting all of these companies? And in the report, you've named quite a few companies. So we should probably quickly go through them all. We'll have to quite quick, we've got quite a lot to talk about. Um, but why don't I, I'll quickly read them out. You can give a quick comment. But the first one obviously is Lamprell. Uh, the reason being that they're obviously switching from building oil and gas rigs to jackets for wind farms. Yes, yes, they are indeed, and um, you know the the wind fight, the whole wind sector. We, we're constantly talking about it, and the scale of projects that are involved in it, uh, complexity of those projects, and and yeah, inter- very interesting to see how Lamprell is 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 moving its business and using its engineering uh, capabilities to address those those growth markets and internationally too. Yeah, and look, I think we had a chat, uh, didn't we, this week with the uh, this week last week with the the chief executive. Uh, and there's a very clear plan here of how they actually transform the, transform the group even more by basically spinning out the oil and gas business and potentially listing it on the uh, Saudi stock exchange uh, because the Saudis, where they have a lot of their businesses there, and the Saudis are very interested in investing in it. And that would solve a lot of their issues and make it a purely focused, basically, um, you know, a transitional energy stock, which would open it up to a lot of the sort of ESG fat. For funds and that sort of thing. So actually, you know, it'll take all take a bit of time, but a very exciting story at Lampro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, really interesting one that one. With the, you know, so it's international opportunity now in these markets. Anyway, why don't you quickly tell us the rest of the ones you put in there? By the way, the ones we put in the note, I mean, they're just a selection, aren't they, that you picked up, Phil? There's plenty of others that could have gone in there. So if you're not in there, don't feel we've forgotten about you. It's just that we didn't have time to write about everybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll pick up. I mean, ba- basically, the reports it's available on our on the VSA Capital website on the Research Hub. Uh, we've covered trying to cover you, you know the kind of three main strands of the energy transition, uh, and that is uh, that's wind, uh, hydrogen, and electrification. And um, yeah, a, a num- covered a number of companies there. Uh, a couple to a few to mention. We've got uh, Press Technologies, who we discussed before, and that's in hydrogen storage. Um, they're working in partnership with, uh, with with Shell to develop that for for fueling stations uh, internationally. So uh, the ticker is PRES, and and we act for them. We produce research for them. Uh, Johnson Matthey, the FTSE 100, who we don't act for, ticker is JMAT. Andrew, and it's been really interesting looking at Johnson Matthey. I mean, we discussed them, uh, you know, in connection with what they're doing in in battery electrodes, uh, particularly the recent relationship with Nano One. Um, but also investors may not be aware that they're working on um, battery recycling technology uh, as well. I mean, Johnson Matthey's you know, very, very well known and 
for its uh, for its metals processing, um, and it's and it's doing this with uh, with battery metals. So I thought, you know, that that's really interesting. And of course, James Cropper. Uh, just before you go on yeah. that, actually, I, I think yeah. this is not only the recycling. If you look, it's uh, all to do with Steno recycling, which is a, a Swedish uh, um, battery recycling. They're going to put in nearly 25 million euros. And then Johnson Massey will actually add a process step in there, which will allow them to produce basically a fully refined material that can be used in the production of their new lithium-ion batteries. You know, I, I think we've been saying on this podcast for some time, actually, Johnson Massey is, is doing all the right things at the moment. Um, and it's a buy. I don't think the market has appreciated um, quite how it is transforming itself. Quite a tricky one. We, we have been talking to the investor relations who have very kindly come back to us and, and given us some comments. Um, but it would be great really to be able to talk directly to the CEO uh, to really understand it. I know I've got quite a few of the big, the big, big funds uh, involved in Johnson Massey because they actually agree with me that it is changing. Um, but we'd love to get that message out more. Sorry. Anyway, that's just a little bit more on Johnson Massey. Yeah, carry on. Uh, yep. Yeah, we uh, we covered uh, James Cropper uh, as well. That's a, that's a small company. I think about 130 million market cap, but the share price has been rising. Uh, the ticker is CRPR. Uh, they're they're a specialist in um, papers, I mean, all sorts of papers. You know, specialist papers for for legal uses, for packaging uses. So so you know, they're involved in that. But because they're experienced in papers and fabrics they make the specialist membranes that go into fuel cells and they've been uh they've been investing more money into that business uh, and growing it so a, a different angle to it uh, well that business they bought fairly recently actually funny enough, it's based down in launston uh in cornwall which is where i am actually now recording this uh so it's one that i'd love to go and pop in and see what they're doing although i think it's quite secretive um but yeah look it's very interesting what they're doing there yeah. Um, Nexus Infrastructure, of course, uh, NEXS is the is the ticker, uh, and again one that we've uh, we've certainly much discussed, Andrew, on the electrification infrastructure. Yeah, we've discussed it a lot, and they're doing all the right things. I mean, that eSmart Energy is is growing at like four hundred percent per annum. Uh, I think it's a really exciting story. Yeah, and Volux, uh, that's VLX, uh, that's been a very strong growth story in, in electronics. Um, but in particular, they, they specialize in connector technologies um, and they've been growing their business really strongly in um, electric char elect uh, charging uh, equipment for uh, for electric vehicles and the specialist connectors that are needed there to handle you know really high currents and, and, and high voltages. That's uh, Bolex, and it's been it's been a really interesting turnaround story actually. That one. Um, the other other two not mentioned there are James Fisher, FSJ, Andrew. I don't know how well you know that one. Uh, like it's been around for quite a long time, so. Uh... <laughs> yeah, they they have, and of course Techmar, um, who make um, so they're fair, they specialise in anchoring technologies for. Uh, wind turbine turbine structures. The ticker on that is TGP. So Techmar is very interesting. Actually, I think they 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 they've, they're quite stretched, should we say, at the moment. But they they're in a very interesting place in terms of linking all these wind farms, you know, into the the mainland and all the uh, where where the energy is required. They're a key part of the whole picture, actually. Uh, so yeah, it's a very interesting company, Techmar. Um, may take a bit of time before it takes off, but at some stage it's going to have a good run. 
Oh yeah, because it's I mean it's anchoring technologies for the for the I mean it's anchoring systems for the turbines, right? But these these are quite special because you've got lots of movements um, at the bottom of the sea and erosion of the, the the structures underneath the wind turbines that support them. So you know these are these are it's critical technology. So they've they've certainly got a super opportunity here. Well, as as you say, if anybody wants to read the note, then they can access it through the uh, VSA Capital. Uh, www.vsacapital.com uh, website in the research portal. Absolutely. Right. So, while I mean, actually, I'll tell you, it's interesting. Why don't we stay a little bit on transitional energy? Because um, one of the, the things I am down here in Cornwall, and of course, at the moment in Cornwall, uh, they're now talking about geothermal uh, heat to heat everything in Cornwall because they're, they're doing all this drilling basically for the mines. Uh, and discovering that it's a great source of geothermal heat uh, and that's now grabbing the attention and going on to the, the national news a and of course actually around Cornwall you know I know it's mining not transitional energy but uh, there's a lot of tin and tin is required of course in all of these uh, electronic devices and so it's a key part actually of the the whole sort of um, battery materials and therefore the transitional energy revolution so Cornwall's going to play a big part in all of this which is of course why I'm here doing all the research film I know you are, Andrew. I'm, <laughs> I'm heading. I'm heading down to Devon next week on holiday nearby. So, but uh, there's there's a lot of activity going on there for, for sure. And did you see uh, just quickly while well, we stay on transitional energy, uh, the hydrogen one capital growth uh, fund that uh, looks like now um, Jim Radcliffe's uh, Ineos is going to be investing twenty five million pounds um, into that fund. And Richard Hulf, who was the uh, energy fund manager at Artemis, is is uh, is heading it up. Um, so yeah, it's quite a big IPO if they uh, they get it away. Um, but it will be very interesting to see what they invest in uh, in the hydrogen space, because obviously you don't want to go and uh, chase the highly rated sort of fuel cell companies and things. That actually they should be reading our research, the picks and shovels, and buying the ones that we've suggested, like Pressure Technologies. So, but we'll we'll see whether they actually do that or not but that would make a lot of sense talking of other companies uh coming to the market we've just had uh Sieta come to the market as an ipo um don't know Sieta myself um i had a quick look at this and thought it was probably quite well valued but until you've seen the company you don't, don't really know but well done they raised a lot of money uh, I mean, it's interesting. We, we've been looking at this space quite a lot, haven't we, Phil? Because we, we actually act for XRO, which is a TSX-listed company in this space, which is an absolutely fantastic company uh, and will appear to be a lot more advanced. We also know Yasser Motors, which actually is also just outside Oxford. And again, they're probably one of the leaders in the UK for electric motor technology. But there's quite a few electric motor companies around the UK, aren't there? I mean, there's people like Ricardo, obviously, but I mean, you've been visiting some of the others. We've been doing a lot of work in this space. And I thought what was interesting is in all the work we've done in this space, we've identified probably, you know, a good dozen companies in this space that are really world leading. I don't think we came across Sciesa until they came to the market, did we? No. That's a dumb mission. Yes, we have been. We, we have been looking at a lot of companies in space and we have come across um, a, a good number of them. Uh, what's interesting for the UK is that um, it's not always appreciated because of our early heritage in Formula One. Um, you know, Formula One, a lot of the engineering is centred in the UK. There's a lot of automotive expertise 
at a very high level uh, of advanced development. Um, and, and certainly the companies I've been looking at, a lot has filtered down into spawning other companies. As you'll find a lot of folks from Cosworth dotted about the about the industry. But uh, yes, Sieta is uh, axial flux uh, permanent magnet motors, and they specialize in sort of smaller, uh, powerful, what they call in-wheel motors, and they're targeting um, particular market that is targeting is the is the two wheel two wheel uh, mobility market. You know the motorbike electrification of motorbikes, which is a huge international market, um, and so they're they're targeting that. And do you know what? You know, you know good luck to all these companies because it's all supporting um, UK engineering in the space. But I don't think it's quite recognised uh, at times the scale of what we we, we do have here. Uh, an X-ray just to note. Uh, make very specialised um, controller and inverter technology for electric motors, and it involves it allows them to you know on the fly to adjust their torque, torque and power to the motor. It's almost like a flexi gearing system that they have, um, and they recently signed an agreement with uh, Linamar, who is one of the big auto suppliers, equipment suppliers in the states, the specialists um on their on for their for their technology so yeah it's a cra it's a cracking space really interesting um yeah i know it is i mean we would uh love to go and see the company if they listen to this they might like to, in to invite us um yes. no harm uh okay let's um move on a little bit um we had quite a lot of um results uh in the last week haven't we um one that caught my eye was Ilica, that's sort of transitional energy still because it's solid state batteries. You know, Ilica is is no question now a leading developer of solid state batteries. And solid state batteries are going to have their place in in this in this transitional energy revolution. I, I think they're a little bit further out, it's my own view. You know, instead of like 2022, 23, it's probably more like 2025. Um the only thing I'd say here, you know, Illich has been around for a long, long time. In fact, we used to act for them for a little while. Um, it's a good business, um, but look at the financials, you know, turnover 2.3 million and an EBITDA loss of 2.3 million. They got plenty of cash at the moment because they did a big fundraise, um, but there's still quite a long way to go and uh, it's before it really starts to uh, hit some big numbers, which is obviously what we need. Uh, so perhaps just a little bit of caution there because the stocks perform phenomenally well. So nothing, nothing against the business, it's a great business. Um, just it's a case of where the stock price is. And this is something we keep talking about every week, actually, Phil. It's about how do you value some of these companies? And there's no question down in my mind at the moment. Some are overvalued and some are undervalued. It's a great opportunity for really good analysis and stock picking to get the right ones. Well, that's what we that's what we try to do, um, and I would you know advise investors on the you know ones that aren't, like we say, sort of matured in terms of the of, of the revenue and the profits, is to look at the always look at the commercial relationships they they've got, um, who they're partnering with, who's evaluating the technologies, um, you know, it's really really important that the sort of end markets they're addressing. But I'll, I'll say and sort of on Illica is is interesting reading their final results just to see who they are partnering with and and um, yeah it looks like they're working with you know it's Honda and Ricardo I mentioned there uh, which are you know good good folks to be looking at um, they're collaborating with Fiat Group and they're scaling up their production so we'll see but 
you know, things are going, some of these things, Andrew, are going to be on high valuations because of the kind of, you know, as we discussed, the scarcity value um, from an investment opportunity perspective and sometimes the scarcity value just in terms of technology they've got. Oh, look, they have got good partners. And I like those partners because they're what I describe as mass manufacturing partners. Going back to what you were talking about a bit earlier with Formula One, Formula One's great. And people love to say, oh, I've got an order from Formula One or I've got an order from E-Extreme. But the problem is when you do that, you get like maybe 20 orders for a, for a unit because there's only 20 cars on the grid. So you actually never make money out of these sort of things. They're very high profile and maybe get an invitation to a Grand Prix. But it's very difficult to make money out of Formula One or some of these sporting events because there are such limited numbers required. Go and partner with Honda or Toyota or these sort of people. Then you're talking about millions. So, you know, a very fair point there. Illica have got very good partners. Yeah. Uh, a few other results I noticed uh, this week, which, I mean, all look pretty good. I mean, first of all, a big one, Samsung Q2s look like they're going to be up 53%, which just shows you, you know, that the growth at the moment in consumer electronics is just huge. Uh, we also had a pretty good um, set of numbers from electro components this morning. So again, the same sort of thing, all these electronic components going really well. Um, we had some numbers actually from a debt technology, which I, I was a little bit cautious about. They were actually down slightly year on year. So uh, funny enough, I hold that one in my mother's IHT fund that I run for her. It hasn't really performed perhaps the way it should do, but uh, there's nothing wrong there. It's just off a little bit. Uh, and also we had Deliveroo today, um, obviously talking a good story, but I'm not sure Deliveroo is ever going to make money. So I would be very cautious there. I don't did know if you agree with all of that, whether you saw any others. Yeah, I did. I saw, did you see Ocado? No, I didn't had, know what was Ocado. They, they, had, a, they had their uh, interims to, to May, um, which the revenue grew 21%, so 1.3 billion uh, of that 1.2 um, was from retail the revenues of 26 million from their uh, tech platform um, so, so they are uh, yeah they're talking about their international operating centers that they've got really yeah looks like that's uh, that's motoring but clearly you know benefiting from home delivery right? benefiting from that but I hope they're not having trouble with with drivers because obviously this this issue with lorry drivers has become very extreme I mean, I know you like your Haribo, and you might not be having any fill. Yeah, I'm all concerned about that actually as well. Yeah, and scampi fries because I love those when I'm playing parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, look, we, we also had a couple of uh, there's a couple of um, IPOs placings I wouldn't mind commenting upon. We had uh, the Wise um, IPO, although of course they've called it back, sort of a direct listing. They called it actually we used to call it in the old days an introduction. I, you don't raise any money on day one. And a lot of people made a big fuss about this. It's, it's actually used to be quite common. Um, so I'm not quite sure what all, all the fuss is about, really. But what an amazing valuation and successful valuation, of course. Um, and it's a great uh, tech stock for the, to be on the UK market, isn't it? It's fantastic. It was saying it's one of the biggest IPO, tech IPOs that's been done. Um, and it was it used to be known as TransferWise, didn't it, Andrew? It was it's it did, the yeah. uh, that's a currency transfer platform. It's two guys. Um, I think originally from they said they were from Eastern Europe, and they were trying was it Estonia, but they were trying to transfer money home, and they were looking at the charges that were involved in it, and think you know, and thinking, crikey, there's got to be not uh, an alternative to that. And they developed they developed the platform, 
but uh, I think super for the UK market to have something of that scale. And it's been very the the IPO has been successful. I think the shares were up ten percent. I was reading reading this morning, um, and yeah, nine billion market cap. Yep, it's certainly. Uh, I mean, look, we're seeing quite a flurry of these these quite big tech IPOs, and again, it is I would say all very good news for the UK market, the UK economy, and UK tech in general um and the growth of it uh, one other one which was a placing actually i saw it's a little bit perhaps off the tech uh, track but it is tech because it's an online um holiday booking system on the beach i see they've raised some more money i've got to say this company it's it, it never makes any money it keeps raising money it keeps using a oh another excuse for why it's it's failed to hit its numbers um for some reason, people still seem to, to love it and think it's going to be changing the entire way the holiday world works. Well, I think coronavirus has demonstrated that that's how to really change how holiday market changes. I'm staggered that people keep supporting that company, but they do. Um, but there you go. That's my view. Well, I can be quite a difficult person at times, can't I? Uh, now, look, actually, talking of uh, staying on technology as well uh, and, and sort of floats and IPOs, there was a float obviously over in America of Didi, which is the Chinese equivalent of Uber. And the day after they floated, the Chinese government basically said, right, no more Didi, or, or certainly no more new customers opening the app. And the stock plunged 23%, which was a bit of a disaster, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, but then, you you know, you look behind what the Chinese regulator was doing, and it was all about uh, data, customer data protection. Well, it's certainly going to scare people off, I think, um, yet again. It's not the first time we've had this issue. And it just shows that, you know, one has to, you know, I'm not making a comment here at all about Chinese hmm. companies, but you have to be very careful when Chinese companies come and list in the West and, you know, the effects uh, that, that can happen out of their control. And I noticed also just commenting upon a similar sort of situation is that Nexeria, which I think, correct me, is a Dutch company, but effectively owned by the Chinese, the government is now thinking of stopping them from um, acquiring the uh, Welsh, the Welsh chip fab um, in Newport. Uh, yeah, they they are the the UK government's now uh, intervening with that. Yeah, it's the yeah the Newport wafer fab. I think it is. I think it makes correct me wrong. I think it's going arsenide for uh, RF um, RF semiconductors. Um, so you know they're looking to the potential applications of, of of the technology but look at the end of the day i think sort of any tech acquisitions you know you've always got to look at especially now the the you know kind of dual use uh of the of the technologies and so you know look, it's sensitive around it. it's a globally sensitive issue i think just going back to that ddipo as well is you know as i say i think i think that's to do with data the chinese government regulators looking at data data protection it's just always you know always when you're looking at companies investments andrew i'm always conscious of you know potential government regulation um and you know the the, the impact that may or may not have on any business so it's just an area to you know but i mean again it's interesting that the bid has been blocked but, you know, that doesn't mean to say actually that its value has gone down at all, or, or in fact, technology companies in general, because what appears to be happening at the moment is that, you know, China is going its own way and trying to become a dominant player in all of these spaces and have its own capabilities to do everything. Uh, and the West um, has sort of 
clocked onto this, I suppose, um, and is now trying to do the same thing and, and have its own um, capabilities. And actually, it's a bit behind in truth. And therefore, I, I could see the West trying to play catch up and having to acquire all of these companies, you know, particularly the Americans. So there'll be a lot of consolidation, I think, and takeover activity from Western companies trying to keep control of Western technology. So actually, the values of some of these companies could potentially go up, in my view. Oh, that's a that's a real possibility. Um, but also, and here is, is something we, we've discussed previously, and that's semiconductor technology um, and manufacturing capacity and geographically where semiconductors are made. Um, and I was reading a report was in the Daily Telegraph and they were talking about this this acquisition of the Newport wafer fab and they were showing it's like and we, we've mentioned this it's like Taiwan now and through TSMC is responsible for like 20% of global semiconductor manufacture uh, and you know and, and people like Apple have got all their process you know TSMC makes makes processes I think for Nvidia certainly for Apple uh, you know and it's geo geopolitics and concentration of manufacture of critical technologies. I mean, I notice also, I mean, again, you see the same thing now in mining, you know, particularly the battery metals. Um, you know, China's got 80% of a lot of the world's key mines for things like tungsten and, and tin and these sort of things, which is why in the UK we're so lucky to have these mines and they are very valuable because of that. I also noticed today, um, I don't know if you, you follow the Chinese aircraft manufacturer, Comac, uh, which is the commercial aircraft corporation of China. Uh, but basically, it looks as though it's managed to get its C919 um, actually regulated and ready to go into use in China. It, it's, a, it's the equivalent of an Airbus A320 or a Boeing 737. It's, um, but the, the numbers, I believe that they reckon they'll sell about 1,000 a year because the Chinese market needs about eight to 9,000 aircraft of this type. And of course, the Chinese government is encouraging its own airlines to buy this rather than Airbus or Boeing. Now, the knock-on effect of that, of course, does go into our technology because a lot of our technology stocks are supplying Airbus and Boeing. And you've got to say, if the China turns off the tap and starts buying the C919 using its own technology parts, that actually is potentially bad news for UK technology companies selling into Airbus and Boeing. Correct. It is. Oh, yeah. I mean, aerospace is, um, you know, it's a key part of our our economy and it's very very high value jobs so um very good points um and it's you know it's not reason with with news flow in this in these two spaces particularly the technology is such a moving feast of what's happening but there are definitely now sort of wider you know wider structural things happening within the within the tech industry semiconductor manufacturer is going to be one of them that's changing Interesting, you point this out in aerospace as well, because as you say, it's a lot of UK companies have got exposure to aerospace in advanced engineering. Yeah, really, really interesting. Yeah, well, watch out for that. I mean, you know, I'm not sure that they're going to sell a lot of these aircraft straight into the West short term, because I think Western passengers may be, may be wary, rightly or wrongly. I'm not making a comment there. Um, but it is definitely, you know, a serious rival to Airbus and Boeing. Yeah. Yeah, well, there we go. Well, you're obviously on top of the news there, Andrew, as always. Well, yeah, and actually, I tell you, we, we're talking yeah. about deals being blocked or acquisitions yeah. being blocked. 
I noticed that more and more we're seeing regulators or governments blocking Binance, uh, which clearly is, is going to have a bit of a, an impact on cryptocurrencies. Oh, I saw that. I'll tell you what, uh, did you see the uh, founder has published a very comprehensive statement on you know what they're doing to work with the regulators, how they're working with the um, criminal agencies. That sounds really wrong, doesn't it? But um, you know the international police because of the potential in cryptos for I guess you know for uh, for mis for misuse of the currencies. But yes, so he, he's yeah that that was published I don't know if it was yesterday last in the last couple of days with Binance because because yeah you, as you point out I mean the FCA is. Um, published its own statements on that. Mm. But uh, okay. yeah, yeah, but regulate, yeah, look, regulation is something to always watch with investment. Is you know which regulators are involved, how much influence they have, and yeah. Uh, one always has to be aware of that. No question about it. Tends to be with the bigger companies you need to watch out rather than the smaller ones, though. So yeah, yeah. Uh, look, we've rattled through an awful lot there. Um, that's a huge number of companies that we've mentioned, probably in, a, in two scans of detail. But of course, if anybody wants more detail, they can just contact us directly and we'll, we'll give more detail. Um, uh, I don't know. Yep. Anything else you want to talk about, Phil? My gosh, no. It's not being quiet on the markets, that is for sure. Um, so I think we're looking forward to a little bit of a summer break. Um, but as you say, looking forward to Sunday night. Well, and I've got to go and put the barbecue on because it's a lovely sunny day down here in Cornwall. And my wife will want her um, her lunch soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better get on the case. Um, I don't know if are we having a podcast next week, Andrew. Or we are you around, Phil? Uh, unfortunately, I may be. Uh, may be on the golf course. I hope. <laughs> well, for all the listeners who are regular listeners, I know there are some of you. You may or may not get a podcast next week. We'll just see. Um, we'll leave you in suspense. <laughs> there we go. That's um, great. Enjoy the football on Sunday night. And uh, as I say, you may or may not get us next week. <laughs> Take care. Cheers, Andrew. Cheers.